0: Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Can you hear me? Give me a yes if you can hear me. I'm going to tell you guys something about this pandemic, something that you may not know about this pandemic. A lot of money was made during the pandemic. A lot of y'all think that money was lost, but actually this recession was unlike any other recession in American history. I'm about to break that down for you. I'm going to explain to you where the money resides. Who made money? and who lost money as we get started. So buckle up your seatbelt, get comfortable, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's Channel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. I am also broadcasting on drboyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. So just in, in case you don't want to know, in case you don't know this already, if you're not trying to be intelligent, if you're not trying to be productive, if you ain't trying to build, go ahead and say something. Just go ahead and say something so I can block you out of here and send you home because we don't let crying babies... Ah! Crying babies are not welcome in the the house of progress. This is the house of progress. We are B1 up in here. B1 means that we are Black first. Black first means that we put our community at the top of our priority list. We will solve our problems by any means necessary. B1 also means that we understand that we can be number one on the planet when it comes to wealth building and wealth creation within the next 50 years. B1 also means we understand that we must be one to be successful. And why is the B1 philosophy more important than ever? It's more important than ever because you guys may not know this, but there are studies that show that America is more divided now than it's been in its entire history. That America is more divided now than it was during the Civil War. Did y'all know that? Give me a yes in the chat if y'all know that. America is more divided now than it's ever been in its entire existence. And so y'all know like like uh, my boy Tavis Smiley said when America gets a cold, black people get pneumonia. so so if America is divided, y'all know black people all over the place. y'all know who we got enemies both foreign and domestic and I'm gonna just tell you this train of progress is moving forward and if you come up in here and just say something crazy, go ahead and do that reveal yourself so that we can make sure that all the little all the little crying babies get blocked. Mm. So the first uh, baby, I, let's go ahead and clean out the class a little bit so we can get out of here. So DeBreezy way makes an inaccurate statement. Your wife views you as a beta male, baby. Do you see me as a beta male or, or am I or do you think that me being a uh, the only black man on earth to get a Ph.D. in finance in 2001? Does that make me a beta male? Does uh, being a millionaire, does that make me a beta male? Does you way go going out and, and going to cities all around the world and, and changing the world, teaching a million black people how to buy their first share of stock? Does that make me a beta male? Employing black people, and does that make me a beta male? Am I beta? Oh, am, am I because it just hurts my feelings. Well, I want y'all to say goodbye to the breezy way. Everybody say goodbye to the breezy way because the grown ups are learning. So you got to get up out of here. So, uh, so good luck to the breezy way. I hope you have a nice life because you are banned for life. Like I told y'all straight up, we do not want the crying babies in the room. So everybody say goodbye to the crying baby because we're about to get serious up in here. All right. Now with that said, let's go ahead and get started on the topic of today. The topic of today has to do with the massive wealth transfer that occurred during the pandemic. A lot of you may or may not know, but there was a lot of money that was made during this pandemic. There was a lot of money that was lost during the pandemic. Uh, One of the things about this pandemic that's really important to understand is that the way this economy moves, you can think of it like a big bathtub full of water. Think of the water as money, liquidity, right? Liquidity. That's why they call money liquidity. So there's a big bathtub full of water. And imagine an earthquake shaking the bathtub, right? So the water is splashing everywhere. The water is going from side to side. It's going up and down. It's going to to the top of the pool, to the bottom of the pool, right? It's going all over the place. That's kind of what happens during uh, this sort of economic turmoil. That's what the pandemic did. It shifted the water all over the place. Now, it doesn't mean that the water all went out of the tub. But what it means is that the water, some of the water, the majority of the water is still in the tub. It's just in a different place in the tub. Right? It just moved to different sections of the tub. Some areas got more than enough water. Some areas got less than enough water. And that's just what it is. So with this recession, what I found, and I was reading this on the Wall Street Journal this morning, I read on the Wall Street Journal that there uh that basically there uh, was a massive wealth transfer during the recession and it wasn't just what you think. A lot of you have been uh, led to believe that the pandemic led to a an increase in various wealth gaps, that the rich got richer, the poor got poorer. That's not completely true and I'm going to explain why. I'm going to give you data on that. Uh or that, you know, white people all made a bunch of money, black people didn't get nothing. Uh, That's not true either. In fact, I'm going to prove it right now with you right now in the chat. How many of you made more money during 2020 than you've ever made in your life? How many of you, maybe because you started investing for the first time in the stock market, made more money, like literally had your lives changed by the amount of money you were making relative to what you were making before? How many of you, because we were talking about this the whole time, I was with you every single day, several times a day, from the before the pandemic, during the pandemic, after the pandemic, how many of you made more money than you ever done, right? I see Jessica's in here. I see it uh, Tamila Israel says it. Steven says that. Sean McArthur, B1 to you too. Uh, yeah, a lot of you made more money than ever, right? So, but but that, how's that possible? I mean, how's that possible? How's that possible? I mean, being black means you're supposed to be poor, right? True, you know, you're supposed to be in a struggle. You ain't supposed to be doing well. What's wrong with you? uppity Negro. Ain't you ain't you ain't starving, you ain't, you ain't homeless. What what's wrong? You think you you think you better than us. You acting white. You acting what you got money in your bank account. Why you acting white? You probably got kids that speak proper grammar and, and make good grades in school. Why are you acting white? Right? That that's what you're getting, right? You get people that think that blackness means you're supposed to struggle, and they're just fundamentally wrong. They're just fundamentally wrong. And because effectively, what is going on. And I can explain to you again, my PhDs in finance, right? That's why I, I laugh when people tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. My dissertation can be read. It's right there on the internet. you big dummy. You can go find it and read it. If you don't believe that my PhD is real, been teaching college students for 27 years. People who say stuff like that, I don't, not even worth the time of a debate. But the the, the the thing I can tell you is that there is a reason why you're not struggling like the rest of your friends, the reason you're not struggling like the rest of your friends is not because you were rich or born with a silver spoon in your mouth or your daddy or mommy left you a trust fund. The reason that you're doing better than ever is because you're acting like rich people. You're doing what rich people do. Most rich people in America have money in the stock market. Most rich people in America have money in the market. So so when I show you that chart, there was a chart that I put up on the screen earlier. I, I got to go see if I can find it where basically they showed that the richest 20% of americans made more money than everybody else that is that 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 honest to god inequality that does exist in america like, there's no lying about that right we know america has an inequality issue it's getting worse it's a big problem but the thing about it is that there's no sort of like white's only sign on the stock market or there's no sign on the market that says that 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 if you that if you're rich you're allowed to make money from From owning stocks. If you're poor, you can't do it. You're not allowed. Well, that's just not true. I told you guys, I've I've shown you guys things like the $5 a day investing plan. That is simply not true. But the people that tell you that is true are the people who have a vested interest in keeping you in the struggle. They have a vested interest in teaching you that the only way you have any opportunity to get ahead as a black person is if you go vote for, for whatever stupid politician they put in front of you. And that's why I promote to you guys the things like the B1 philosophy, because with America being more divided than ever, it's more important than ever to be B1, meaning put your community first. Anybody who loves black people has to agree with this philosophy that you got to put yourselves first. You got to prioritize yourselves because if you don't do it, nobody else will. And that means that that allows us to be if you want to be a Democrat and so and so is a Republican. That's fine. As long as you're B1. If one person is uh, is is straight, the other one's gay. It doesn't matter as long as you're B1. If one person is uh, is a feminist and the other person is a womanist, it doesn't matter as long as you're B1, right? The, that's what matters because if you don't do that, then you're going to be divided like the rest of America. You must agree in the beginning on what the top priority is going to be. So so why does that matter? Why am I talking about this? You might say, well, gosh, you're a finance guy. Why do you talk about this racial stuff? Because the economics is, that's where it's at. That's what matters. That's where black people struggle the most. That's what keeps you in slavery. That's what Your biggest frustration in life is not the fear that you're going to wake up one day and be walking on the street and get killed by a cop. Sure, that can happen. I'm not debating that. But your number one frustration that you've dealt with to this point is probably the fact that you've had to go and become economically dependent on your oppressor. Your oppressor is the one that you see at work every day who's telling you what to do, and you want to cuss that guy out, but you can't because that guy is the one who's feeding your family. So so these things, this B1 philosophy ties right into economic wealth and wealth building. And so I, as I explained to you in this conversation, I'm doing this during my honeymoon and people say, well, you're a workaholic. Why would you work during your honeymoon? This ain't work. Loving my people ain't work. I don't love my people just on Monday through Friday or 9 to 5. I I don't uh, I don't com- I'm not committed to this passion um you know just on my work days. This is what I do. This is who I am. Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson's the same way. When Dr. Claude Anderson are sitting there talking and nobody else is around, we're talking about wealth solutions for black folks. So and 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 and, and the reason that people don't want to hear from someone like Dr. Anderson or myself is because they don't want real solutions. And we understand that because they don't want real solutions We have to be B1 and prioritize ourselves because no one else is going to do it if we're going to implement the solutions. So rather than implementing the solutions at a government level, I'd rather do it family by family. So when your family made more money during the pandemic than you've ever made in your life, it is because you were doing what rich people do by putting your money in the stock market. Let me show you a screen. Uh, I'm gonna share a screen real quick and show you guys a graph that I want you to just take a look at. Hit the thumbs up button, please. Hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. All right, so so look at this uh, look at this graph, uh, and this basically is from the Wall Street Journal and is showing how the rich got richer uh, during the COVID nineteen crisis. If you look here, you see that the bottom twenty percent. Yeah, not much was there. And that's absolutely fundamentally true. And that's really a problem. And that's something that has to be addressed. I believe that when it comes to taking care of the poorest people in our community, that's going to be our job because I don't believe that there's anything in the capitalist American system that is designed to truly empower people in that bottom twenty percent. So in order for that to happen for your people, you're gonna have to come up with a solution because the government ain't gonna do it. Now you look at the twenty to forty percent group. There's a little bit there, a little bit of green there, forty to sixty percent, a little bit of green, sixty to eighty percent a little bit green. Uh, here, there's there's a ton of green. Right, The top 20 percent made a killing. The top 20 percent uh, made $10 trillion. That's massive. That's a very big deal. That is uh, obviously an inequality problem. That's when you get into conversations about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And doesn't make sense for a person to have over $100 billion. I am a, criti- a critic of that because I'm, I don't believe in pure capitalism for that very reason, particularly unregulated capitalism. Uh, I believe that uh, Warren Buffett, for example, people like Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos should be paying reparations to Black people. I believe that Warren Buffett, uh, he said he's going to give away over a hundred billion dollars in his lifetime. I believe that that one hundred billion should go to uh, some sort of fund that is completely hands off. That allows black business owners to dip into that fund to get our businesses off the ground and to hire black people. Uh, That's something I'll repeat a million times over because I believe it to be true. So, and I think it's something you should repeat. So, the next time they show up and they ask you, they say, Hey, vote for this guy. We've got this Barack Obama surrogate, this person who looks like Barack and and talks like him and wears the same tie. And we want you to come vote for him because he's a Democrat. Uh, I want you to say, Sure, I'd be happy to vote for him if you do right by me. You do right by black people. We will give you your vote. So that means uh some sort of package in the trillions that supports and uh and acknowledges the wealth transfer that should go into the hands of black people. So this is absolutely true. The rich people get way too much money. But I want you to look here in the 60 to 80 percent and this forty to sixty percent. Now, this is in trillions. Um, the people in the sixty to eighty percent, they clocked a good two trillion dollars. A lot of you in this room are in that in that quintile or, or Whatever quintile, quartile, that's a quintile. Yeah, it's five. Okay. Yeah, quintus five. See, thank you, babe. I appreciate that. I got a, I got a PhD looking over my shoulder and she'll look at me funny if I say something stupid. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so, so here they, they, there's a lot of money made here. And then even in that other group, the 40 to 60% group, they made some money right here, right? So, so clearly in this pandemic, everybody didn't get fried and toasted financially. On the pandemic, it was unprecedented in that this was unlike any other recession that we've ever had in American history. Most recessions lead to a decline in the wealth of Americans. This recession actually led to a massive increase. How did that happen? Well, I'm going to read an article to you from the Wall Street Journal and break it down for you and help you understand this. Uh, Before I move on, I want to acknowledge uh, John Drew. He says, can you talk about Nike, please? Uh, No, I'm not here to talk about stocks today. I'm talking about this particular wealth issue. Uh, If you want to join the Black Stock Market Program, I answer questions from students on Tuesdays. The first month is totally free. It costs you nothing for the first 30 days. You can leave me questions in advance, and I answer every single question the students leave. Plus, there's six years of really powerful curricula that you can go through that literally is so much that that you and your family would take the rest of your lives and you would never get through it all. Uh, so there's tons and tons of breakdowns that I've done over the years. So feel free to go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com if you want to ask me about a specific stock. But if you want the short answer, I like Nike stock. I, I'm going to actually buy some. So thank you for reminding me uh, to do that. And thank you for your donation. All right. So with that being said, here's what um, here's what the Wall Street Journal has to say about uh, this this whole issue with, with the wealth gaps and wealth transfers. Um, all right. So I'm reading it here and what it says is this Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, Give me one second guys. I'm trying to pull my my phone up. Give me a yes in the chat. If you can still hear me. Okay. Uh, I'm doing full audio because I'm in a hotel and the Wi-Fi isn't that great. So I want to make sure you guys can hear me rather than see me. I don't want you to be distracted by my stunning good looks. So I'd rather just uh, let you hear my voice. All right. So uh, it says during COVID-19, most Americans got richer, especially the rich U S households gained 13.5 trillion in wealth in 2020, That isn't usually how recessions work. No duh. The coronavirus pandemic plunged Americans into recession. Instead of emerging poorer, many came out ahead. U.S. households added $13.5 trillion in wealth last year, according to the Federal Reserve. The biggest increase in records going back three decades. Many Americans of all stripes paid off credit card debt, saved more, and refinanced into cheaper mortgages. That challenged the conventions of previous economic downturns. In 2008, for example, U.S. households lost $8 trillion. In some ways, the singularity of the COVID-19 recession and the recovery shouldn't surprise. The scope of the pandemic was unprecedented in the modern era. So was the government's financial response. The U.S. government lent and spent trillions of dollars to keep the economy from plunging further than it did. These actions were at the center of the unusual nature of both the recession and the recovery. They have also powered much of the stock market's unexpected boom. Rock bottom interest rates lured more investors into stocks. Workers stuck at home tried their hand at trading and tech giants gained even more ground during the shutdown. So what they're effectively saying is this, that if you look at the pandemic, a lot of people that made moves during the pandemic are in a better position now than they were. Before the pandemic began. Uh, in fact, a lot of you probably don't even want to go back to your old job that you had before the pandemic. Give me a yes or no if you feel that despite the setbacks of the pandemic, and my heart goes back out to anybody that struggled during the pandemic, this is not in any way to minimize your struggle. How many of you feel like you're in a better position? You're better equipped economically. You're better able to make moves. You're better able to find the place that you wanna be. You're better able to connect to your passion. You have new skills that you didn't have before the pandemic. How many of you uh, made moves during the pandemic that you would not have made without the pandemic? Uh, and, 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 I, and it was important to me because for a long time, In the Black Business School, we've always had what we call the Black Core of Three. The Black Core of Three is that our fundamental belief is that we believe Black people should educate our own children, create our own jobs, and support Black businesses. Well, during the pandemic, you were forced to educate your own children. So that allowed people to actually connect with their kids and start becoming the primary educators for their kids. A lot of you got your kids reading books like Poweronomics, whereas before you were too busy serving uh, serving MASA. and serving his systems and his organizations and his corporations to take the time to uh, to to build your own. You were too busy sending your kids to these other schools and supporting those schools and their mission than we were supporting black schools. That's why, for example, Alicia and I, we, we have a foundation, the Dr. Boyce Watkins and Dr. Alicia Watkins Foundation, where we only support independent Black-owned schools that are owned by Black people. We've made donations uh, to a few different schools, Freedom Home Academy International, the Brother School, uh, King Randall School down in Georgia, and we're going to give more money to more schools as time goes on because we only want to support schools that are going to teach Black people how to be Black. I don't really care much for schools that are going to teach Black people how to be white people with brown skin. It doesn't mean I think that that form of education has no value. It doesn't mean I'm making fun of you. If you send your child to a public school, our kids go to, you know, they, our kids have gone to public school. It's it's totally fine. It doesn't mean I'm making fun of you. If you send your child to a university, what I'm saying to you is that the reason that you have so many misguided black people is because those black people were not trained on how to be black. Being black means supporting the black community. It means bringing your resources to your community. It means wanting to be closer to your people as opposed to further away, right? And so ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the pandemic actually helped us to achieve that greater awareness with the Black Business School on how we can get that done. Do you follow what I'm saying? And also, I want to make sure people know this. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have been talking about what we've been doing over here. And for those that really want to know what's going on in the Black Business School, I encourage you to go give it a free try. Just go try for free. We have experts that will talk to you right now. Theblackbusinessschool.com. I'll put the URL on the screen. You can get started totally free totally free. We give you more free stuff than any university you've ever attended gave you, even though you might've paid them a hundred thousand dollars. We, you can get started with us for free. So go there, sign up and do the free stuff. And also pretty soon I'm going to actually do a book club and I'm actually going to, uh, one of the first things I'm going to do with the Dr. Boyce book club is we're going to break down powernomics. We're going to meet weekly and it'll be totally free. So make sure you sign up so you can get into this free class where basically I'm going to break down powernomics, like chapter by chapter and every week every sunday or so we're going to get together and talk about it. So um anyway with that said um here's what else it says. It says the stock market in turn became the driver of household the household wealth gain accounting for nearly half of the total increase. That has produced a lopsided distribution of the wealth gains since well-off households are more likely to own stocks. More than 70 percent of the increase in household wealth went to the top 20 percent of income earners. About a third went to the top one percent. That's a problem. I I, I acknowledge that that's an issue that we have to address in America. The gains were more evenly concentrated at the top when Americans were grouped by wealth instead of income. Wealth is calculated by subtracting uh, a household's liabilities like mortgages and college debt from their assets like homes and stock market investments. Stay-at-home orders sent the economy into a free-fall at the start of the pandemic, but the shock proved short. Americans with higher-income jobs fared especially well. Many white-collar employees were able to work from home, and they saved money by not commuting and not eating out." Um, Let's see here. Now, somebody says, "Where do you sign up again for Powernomics?" Just go to the theblackbusinessschool.com. Make sure that you're on that email list. When I start the Powernomics sequence, of Darlene, I will uh, I will send an email out to everybody that's registered in the Black Business School. So, if you uh, don't have any money, it's okay. We don't we don't need you to put money in or anything like that. Um, you know, you can come over and just do free stuff. Now, eventually, we do have things that we'll offer you. You don't have to take any offers, but we offer things and we generate revenue because that's what you have to do to run a business. That that's what you have to do to employ black people. And so, uh, one of the reasons that I love the idea of talking more about the school when people criticize it is because. I want us to understand what it means to support black businesses without attacking black businesses more than we attack white businesses. White businesses take trillions of dollars out of the black community. A lot of people will be very silent about that. But as soon as a black owned business charges a nickel, you charge a nickel for, for, for your service. Oh, you're ripping black people off. You're you, you stealing. You're you scamming black people. And, and that's a big problem that that we've had to kind of deal with, because the, the hatred that black business owners receive doesn't just come from white America. It also comes from some pockets of black America. There are black people and I call them the Negro naysayers who don't believe black people should be running businesses. But these are the individuals that will gladly go work for a white man in a second. They will go put the, dedicate their lives, hundreds of you know tens of thousands of hours into working for a white owned business and making a white man really rich. But yet the minute they see a black man running a business, just like their white boss, they say, oh, that's a problem. Right. And so that crabs in the barrel stuff is a big is something that I want us to honestly confront. And I want to kind of make sure that we understand that this is part of the reason why black businesses can't really grow. is because you have people that will attack a black business. Like, pay attention. Go look. Look on the Internet. Look at how many people there are who will make it their life mission. Black people who will make it their life mission to attack black businesses, but have nothing to say about white owned companies they have nothing to say about you know that white owned company that they work for that they've been dedic- giving literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in wealth to family wealth by giving them their labor right your your labor is one of your greatest sources of wealth right so ultimately at the end of the day as black people we have to really kind of challenge that mindset and help our people understand that there's nothing wrong with having a product and a service that you offer that has a fee attached to it, as long as both parties agree that it's worth it. Um, you know, my PhD is in finance. It's very real. My students at Syracuse University paid seventy-two thousand dollars a year to go to that school, right? So the, if I charge, you know, two ninety-nine for a class or whatever. (laughs) It's not, it's not a scam. It's not cheating. It's not lying. It's saying I spent 15 years training on this stuff and I've been teaching for 27 years. And, and I'm simply saying like, Hey, my time has some value just the same way it would be if you go to work at Walmart or whatever. Walmart has to pay you for your time. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that we've had to kind of talk about that a little bit because I think that that mentality, it's a little bit problematic and almost some would say even a little bit sick. It's a little bit strange to me. Uh, Again, if you're going to tag businesses, start with the white ones first, the ones that are taking money out of the community, the black business owners that are hiring black people. uh, Those are the ones who are actually giving us an opportunity to do something different, something better. So shout out to the black business owners. If you have a black owned business, uh, mention it in the chat, say the name of your business, put the URL in there uh, so that other people will see it. And I'll try to put some of your URLs on on the screen so that you can actually um, maybe get some support for your company all right so hit the thumbs up button please hit the thumbs up button so we're talking about where the money went during the pandemic what happened during this uh, this whole economic downturn uh, in terms of you know where the money resides who made money who lost money and I showed you guys on that chart earlier that basically uh, the the average American actually had an increase in wealth during the pandemic now this makes me wonder about things like inflation. It makes me wonder, you know, the part of the reason the wealth went up is because unemployment benefits were really good. Um, the government borrowed a ton of money and they spent all that money. They really went into emergency mode to help the economy out. I think that's a good thing. Here's your problem. Your government is now deeper in debt than it's ever been. Uh, at some point in the future, the American government will default on its debt. When the American government defaults on its debt, that's going to be a big problem. Uh, that's going to literally crater. The entire global economy, uh, because they can't sustain that amount of debt. Now, what would be an obvious solution? The obvious solution would be to go to the Jeff Bezos's and the Elon Musks and say, "Look, bro, you're making a ton of money. We're going to tax the hell out of you. You know, you're, you're going to still be fine. You're going to still have a hundred billion dollars in wealth, which is more than enough, more than enough money for anybody, right? Uh, but we're going to take like eighty billion off the top because the government needs a bailout, and rich people should be the ones paying for that." The reason it doesn't happen is because your politicians are stupid. Your, de- your Republican politicians are stupid. Your Democratic Party politicians are stupid. Uh, they don't want to tax wealthy people because wealthy people put money in their pocket to make sure they don't get taxed. So ultimately, if they were to tax the rich the way they should, the government could get out of its financial misery. But there are people that create these crazy narratives that make you think that you shouldn't be taxing rich people because somehow that's un-American. And I don't think it's un-American at all. I think it's un-American to let the government go bankrupt because you want to have $100 billion in the bank. Okay. So so with that said, um. Hit that thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And somebody's asking why the comments turned off on my Dr. Boyce TV page. Uh, it's mainly because I really just don't want um, I don't want I, I, I got tired of, of, of dealing with crazy, weird, stupid people. So what we're doing is we're kind of clearing it out. Um, I told you on this platform, I don't beg anybody to be here. Uh, I want people that that really want to be here and really want to contribute in a positive way. Um, I want the, I want the B1 people, the people that care about the community. Uh, I don't really, the people that can't get it, Uh, it's okay. And it might be the majority. Uh, That's fine. This is not a popularity contest. I don't make my money on the internet. My money is made off the internet. The majority of my wealth comes from my investments. It doesn't come from this stuff. So I don't need to be here. Uh, And I I really have the opportunity now to talk to people that I want to talk to. And I think it's true in life. You got to protect your energy. You got to protect your energy. In general, um, I encourage you, like Yvette Matthews is B1. uh, If you're B1 and you're really trying to do something positive, you need to check people at the door, make sure they fit the they fit the criteria, make sure that they can meet the standard, um, you know, meeting the standard means, you know, sometimes as uh, as what it is, says clean house, then, yeah, you got a clean house uh, because there are people that will come into your life that will disrupt your spirit, that will come in with all kinds of Negro, you know, Negro naysayer stuff, come in with all kinds of negativity. I call it negativity, uh, you know, because it's ridiculous. It's, it's because they, they did some stuff, some crap they learned from listening to raggedy music their whole life. Or being around raggedy people or being, you know, in a raggedy space. And I I feel sorry for people that come out of those raggedy cultures. The problem, though, is that when you come out of a raggedy space, when you don't want to change, when you don't want to do better, you're like, the you're it's, 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 it becomes almost like you're an obese person who's trying to lose weight by eating healthy. And you're surrounded by fat people who are begging you to eat more fried chicken who are literally putting candy bars in your face and saying, hey, eat a candy bar with me. What, you think you're better than us? Look, at you eating vegan? What you mean? you what, what you got against ribs and fried chicken? You know, it's like, no, I don't hate you for eating fried chicken and ribs. It's just that I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, to level up. And you're not helping me level up because you're weighing me down. So I encourage you to to take stock of the people that are weighing you down. And don't you don't have to dismiss them. I mean, you can forgive them for they know not what they do. But at the same time, you can't have those people in your ear all the time because they're going to make everything, every impossible dream you have, they make it more impossible. You're already trying to do the impossible, which is to elevate yourself as a black person in a country that is where everything's stacked against you to begin with. And it doesn't make it any easier when you have somebody in your space, in your face, in your ear, every day, constantly telling you why it's not going to work, why you can't do it, why you're not smart enough, why something's wrong with you. You know, well, well you, done, you know, you know, you know, since you level, since you since you started making more money, since you leveled up, you done changed, you done changed. And I'm like, yeah, of course I've changed. That's why my life leveled up. I've I've evolved. Yeah, you should be changing too. Well, no, you you ain't the same. Well, I'm not supposed to be the same. That's what leveling up means. That's what evol- evolution means. If you are still the same then you haven't evolved. So when somebody tells you that you changed now that you started listening to all this, this B1 stuff, and you're up here talking this pro-black stuff, you're up here talking about this wealth stuff or whatever, you ain't the same. You should say, yeah, I'm not the same. (laughs) Congratulate me. So hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Um, uh, subscribe to the BlackFinancialChannel.com. By the way, if you're not there, also AllBlackEconomics.com. You can get a free e-copy of my book. It takes a village to raise the bar. Uh, the book is totally free to the community. anybody that wants to read it, uh, you can go to AllBlackEconomics.com, pick it up, and you can get a lot of free stuff from the Black Business School. All right. So here's um here's more to this article about where the wealth went uh, during this recession. It says many low-income workers came out ahead. By October 2020, for example, household checking account balances of the of the bottom. Twenty percent of income earners had risen roughly fifty percent from the year before, according to the J.P. Morgan Chase Institute. Did y'all hear that? That this is not just about a power play for rich people. Rich people were not the only ones who benefited during the pandemic. Uh, they said the bottom twenty-five percent of Americans in terms of wealth also saw their incomes or their their checking account balances go up. Well, that's interesting. That that's pretty that's pretty cool. I I, I approve this message. Right, and so 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 you know this narrative that that you know only rich people won during the uh, pandemic is, is just not being supported by the data, right? Um, and and, um, and so it doesn't mean rich people didn't win more than poor people. They certainly did. They they won more than everybody. But it says literally the bottom twenty five percent five percent of income earners saw their checking account balances rise by 50% from the year before. They also said, now here's one thing that's interesting. This is something you got to think about. They said many low-wage jobs are are still gone. As of April 2021, jobs paying more than $60,000 had grown by about 2% compared with January 2020 levels, um, according to the opp- Opportunity Insights, a research-based uh, group at Harvard University. Jobs paying less than 27000 had fallen nearly 24%. Now, this was my critique of the response to the pandemic from the very beginning. I, did, I, I, I noticed in the very beginning of the pandemic that when, and tell me if you knew this too, if you noticed this too, that when you went out to go buy stuff, you couldn't go to your local businesses anymore. All the local businesses were uh, were, were shut down. They all, you know, had regulations saying that they couldn't, uh, you know, be open during the pandemic or whatever. But the big corporations were wide open. Um, you know, Costco. Remember that, babe. Costco was wide open. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? A uh, Home Depot was wide open. Walmart was wide open. Target was wide open. Right. So why is it that these big corporations were wide open? And all the mom and pop businesses were, were shot down. That pissed, that made me so mad. That pissed me off because, you know, local businesses got murdered in the street by the, these government officials during the pandemic. And this is all, you know, the, the way, this is how they play that game. So now a lot of those businesses are not coming back. And a lot of those businesses were black. And that was a problem. They also said that the Americans who gained the most during 2020 were the ones who had much more wealth to begin with. Houses, stocks, and retirement accounts, which wealthier people are more likely to own, soared in value, and those boosts are likely to endure. So, effectively, um, there's another chart here that I'm going to actually try to screenshot this and put it on the screen so you guys can see it um, because they talk about equities, pensions, and real estate. And and here's the thing: uh, when they talk about things like equities, pensions, and real estate, this is not just for rich people. You know, I, I know I know people um, who didn't get any financial training as children. Who grew up poorer than anybody in this room? Who uh, who have a pension fund? Who have money in their retirement account? How many of you have some money in some sort of retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, or whatever? Right? How many of you have that? How many of you um, also, in fact, raise your hand twice if you were born poor? If you were born in the struggle? And I, I I bring this up because I want to compete with that myth that says that if you're born poor, you just got to stay that way. There's nothing you can do about it. You just got to go to go to church and pray to white Jesus and hope that the white man comes along and, and gives you a better opportunity. Right. Or that because you're black, you can't do any better. A lot of you were born poor and you have a 401k. You have an IRA. You have a pension. You have all kinds of things. So how is it that 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 you have these things, but you're black? I mean my god who did, did somebody go somebody need to go report that to the white man we got negroes that are doing well we we can't allow that right cuz that defeats the myth that defeats the myth right so so here's the deal um i bring that up because i want to show you this chart they said this is a change in value change in asset values by income quintile and this is uh, so they got colors uh this color coded here but also they've got uh categories. And I want you to focus on the categories. So if you were in equities, equities is pretty much stocks, stocks and bonds and all that crap. Right? If you're in equities, your your wealth shot through the roof. If you were a stock market investor, you were killing the game. Doesn't you don't have to be rich to be a stock market investor? Um, I told you guys, I've told you guys a thousand times how you could become an investor in literally 30 seconds. Just download an app and start, just take the money you might have spent on fast food and put a little bit of that into stocks and do it consistently, right? So so stocks killed it. Pensions killed it. Real estate killed it. This is the hottest real estate market that any of my real estate agent friends have ever seen, right? So, so, so ownership of these assets put you in a position where when wealth rose, you rose with it, right? Uh, and that's why teaching your children ownership at an early age is incredibly important. It's incredibly important because when you teach your kids ownership, then what you're doing is you're positioning them so that when, the, when it starts raining money, their bucket is already out. When, wealth, when, when the wealth of property owners starts to grow, they are already a property owner. When the wealth of equity holders starts to grow, they're already an equity holder. You see, they're, they're, that's getting on the freeway, the, the economic freeway, You know, and, 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 they're, and they're flying down the road. And a lot of people, rather than taking the time to understand this, would rather sit back and just be mad at you because you made a different decision than they made. And, uh, and, and that just, that baffles me that all I can, all I can really reduce it to is brainwashing. You know, my wife is an expert on the subconscious mind, by the way. And we talk consistently about the different ways your subconscious mind is programmed. By the way, in fact, actually, we talked about it this morning. She just did like a 30 hour, uh, lecture series on the subconscious mind. And she said that subconscious mind is controlled by uh, three things. Um, trauma, repetition, and uh, what was the last thing? Symbols. Trauma, repetition, and symbols. And I'm going I'm to come back to this point because this explains how those politicians control you and how they control you through media. Trauma. Give me a yes or no. Do black people have more trauma than everybody else? Are we traumatized more? When, when, when people in the hood are getting shot and, and, our, and kids are scared to like walk to school that morning because they might get shot on the way to class or, you know, you're 17 years old about to finish high school and you got five friends that have been murdered or your daddy left you when you were five and you didn't and you you were sad because your daddy was gone or maybe, um you know, cousin Pookie. Uh, died, you know, because they were eating like really unhealthy food, and you know, thought that Jesus just killed them or whatever. But it really was actually the food, right? So, so we have an overabundance of trauma. Second category was the second category repetition. Um, you ever hear songs like um, that somebody's hip hop songs where they literally repeat to you lyrics and, and content that repeatedly. Uh, tells your subconscious mind that if you're a black man, you need to do everything possible to totally ruin your life. You're supposed to go out and have sex with as many women as possible so you can catch all the diseases that are in the book and then create as many babies, mamas as you possibly can so you'll definitely go broke and then you're supposed to go take all your money and go, go to Jake the jeweler and give it all the way to white people and then you're also supposed to go out and kill another black person, kill as many black people as possible but yet still simultaneously engage in the weirdly hyper- hypocritical act of, of being outraged over police shootings but you don't give a shit obviously because you were cheering and dancing to the idea of a black man being shot by another black man and then also disrespecting your women as much as possible. Oh, let's not forget uh, the the really wonderful, courageous act of being high and drunk as much as you can possibly be. Right. So you're a drug addict by the age of 20 and you're ignorant, you're glorifying ignorance and, and you have no money. So you've done everything in your power to destroy your life and get yourself incarcerated. And then you want you think that it all happened just because you're black. No, this is um, the subconscious mind that that is the programming of the subconscious mind. Remember, I told you the three things that control the subconscious mind. This is according to my wife, an expert on this topic. And I'll give you her uh, her URL. I see my brother's asking about it, so I'm going to share her information in a second. Um, uh, so so trauma, repetition. The last one is um, symbols. Symbols. So give me a yes or no. How many of you have noticed how much symbolism they feed you uh, when politicians are trying to control your vote? How many of you have noticed how they will feed you symbolism over substance every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. They give you the, the Juneteenth holiday. A lot of people felt like that was symbolism. Uh, there, there's so many other the, the, putting Black Lives Matter signs, you know, in every corporate office that still won't hire black people and still won't invest in the black community. That's symbolism, right? Well, why? They're they're controlling your subconscious mind. Um, they, this is a strategy, right? So uh, the first step is to engage in the, the awareness necessary to understand that your conscious mind, you know, it programs your subconscious mind. So uh, I think of my conscious mind as a programmer and it's programming voice to be what I believe voice needs to be. So I use those things. Uh, I address the trauma. I use repetition and I use symbolism to program the subconscious mind to tell myself who I want to be. Right. And uh, and that when you talk about consciousness, that when I think about the conscious mind, I think about that word that's used all the time. But people don't really know what it means. They talk about conscious. I'm conscious. I'm part of the conscious community. Well, you all know how it is. Right. In the conscious community, you got a, a diverse group of people. You got some people that are just killing the game that are on top of everything, very conscious, very intelligent. You got the nation of Islam. You got the, the the Moorish community. You've got the Hebrew Israelites. You got others that are building at a level that black people won't reach for another 50 years. But then you got the people that are a little bit crazy, you know, that will come out and just say stuff that's damn near embarrassing that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll pretend to be scientists, but don't know nothing about no science. Right. And, and that's what it is. Right. you got a range. But I think that word conscience, I think that 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 word like I'm a conscious person is a very deep word. Economically speaking, economic consciousness means, for example, that I'm completely aware. Consciousness to me is awareness. I'm alert. I'm programming my subconscious mind to make myself and to make my life into what I want it to be. Right. Consciousness means that I am looking around like if I'm unconscious, I'm asleep. I'm knocked out. Right. A lot of our people are very unconscious. We know this. Right. They calling themselves conscious. Don't even know what it means. So it's an unconscious person saying I'm conscious when really you're basically in a dream and you think your dream is real life. Right. You dream about and talk about the things you're going to do, but you can't actually manifest them because you don't have the consciousness necessary to engage in the execution required to actually get that done. So, what I want you to really think about in, in terms of wealth, and y'all know me, I go a little extra deep. That's why I'm, I'm not for everybody. 90% of people aren't even really gonna be interested in what I have to say. They're gonna think I talk too much, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, but those who understand what I'm saying, I wanna talk to you about leveling up. If you wanna level up, you gotta be conscious. That means aware. You have to dissect and analyze everything. If your team is losing, If you're a basketball team and your team gets beat by 30 points, like the black community is like a basketball team. Think of us as a basketball team and we're losing every game by 30 points. If you continue to do things based on your habits and your unconscious, uh, you know, commitment to simply doing things in the same old way, you know, just kind of doing whatever somebody else did before you got there. You're just copying what someone else told you to do. Then you're going to keep losing. In order for you to win, you must take a moment to become truly conscious of every single thing you do. You know, your pregame routine, what offense you're running, how you're playing defense, which players you have on your roster, what your front office looks like. You have to think about all those things. That's what consciousness means. And And I think that that principle applies to everything in life. So the people that were able to make money during this pandemic were part of the conscious economic community. Um, and, and, and it ain't just black or white. Um, This is just people that were conscious, that were sitting there saying, I'm going to consciously take the time and listen to a guy like Dr. Boyce who gets on my nerves sometimes, but but I don't hate him too much. I hope y'all don't hate me entirely, but sometimes I make myself hard to love and I do that probably on purpose because maybe unconsciously, I don't want to have a lot of friends because I'm not trying to say, say things that are popular and just get along. I'm trying to actually tell you the damn truth. So sometimes I might deliberately, unconsciously do this, but it'll deliberately offend you just to test the relationship, just to see like, okay. Okay. You know, tell me, baby, can you really stand the rain? Are you able to deal with me on my worst days and my best? Or are you only, do you only like me when I say things that you want to hear. So, so, so you, you consciously made that choice to embrace the knowledge and information you needed to consciously shift your situation. So you could get away from the unconscious habits and the trauma and the repetition and the symbolism that led you to be part of whatever chaos you might've been born into. And if you're in that category I congratulate you. You are in the talented 10th. You are among the black elite. You represent black excellence in every form imaginable. And I'm very happy for you. By the way, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Um, this I, I'm not going to talk much longer. We're on our honeymoon now, and Alicia and I are going to go and work out for a little bit. Um, but if you're wondering why I'm working on my honeymoon, it's not. It's because this isn't work. This is passion and purpose. I haven't had a job in 30 years, so this is actually me doing what I really love. Um, even when I was in Syracuse, I officially had a job, but I made $115,000 a year to go to work twice a week. That wasn't really. <laughs> that, 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 that I don't even count that as an actual job. I just. But then again, I wanted to get away from the racism, so I decided to do things on my own so do me a favor hit the thumbs up button share subscribe button if you haven't done it yet coaching with dr is alicia's website if you she does couples counseling and stuff like that i think she might be booked up but if you want to fill out the intake form uh she's damn good at, um, at couples relationshipy stuff because that's what her passion is. And also that's her Instagram. So you can follow her on Instagram at coaching with Dr. Alicia. So feel free to do that. And uh, AC Campbell says, I can agree with you without hating you. In fact, I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too. And I agree. I wish we could get back to the days where people could just have a healthy debate instead of feeling like, you know, like because we disagree, you, you can't be my friend anymore. I just think that that's, just, I, I just, that makes me very sad. All right, so let me read more. I'm gonna read more about where the wealth went during this pandemic. It says also, then the Fed slashed interest rates to near zero, launched an array of emergency lending programs and began large scale purchases of government debt. Investors piled into stocks, no longer fearing that credit markets would freeze. A handful of tech giants benefiting from a stay at home economy carried the entire market higher. In the second half of the year, the S&P 500 notched new records on 33 occasions rising stock prices accounted for close to 44% of the overall growth in household wealth in 2020. So that says what I said in the beginning, that if you were investing in the stock market, You your wealth probably went up if you were taking maybe twenty percent of your money and putting it in there, or maybe you uh, you know one of the things I encourage you to do. Here's something I'd like for you to uh, give me a yes if you can make a pledge to me. If you trust me, I'd like for you to make a a tiny little pledge to me to do something for your children and for your family that is going to change your family for the next uh, the next generation. Uh, Give me so 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 uh, so here it is. Um, I told this story the other day. And this is very small, but it's huge. Um, I was talking about, uh, I think a parent emailed me and asked me, How do I get my daughter uh, to invest or to appreciate stock market investing? I told them a story about my own daughter. Her name is Nicole. I love her very much. I get to be her bonus dad. She has another dad, and me and her dad work together to make sure Nicole is protected, that she's loved, and that she's raised in the proper way. With that said, Nicole and I, uh, Nicole asked me one day to take her to Starbucks because she wanted to get this thing called a pink drink. And uh, basically this pink drink, uh, you know, I wasn't going to buy her any coffee because I don't think kids need to drink coffee, but I took her to Starbucks and I was like, okay, this is a chance for us to talk anyway. So we got in the car, we drove to Starbucks and we, um, and we pulled up and we're in the drive-thru waiting to get this pink drink. And I was explaining stocks to Nicole during that time. And I said, you do understand that we can actually own a piece of Starbucks. She said, no, you can't, you can't buy, we can't buy a Starbucks, rest- uh, you know, Starbucks restaurant or something like that. I said, no, 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 you, you can actually buy stock. I said, do you know what that means? She said, she said, no, I said, well, let me show you. We can actually own Starbucks in three minutes. And she said, how I said, well, let me show you. I'm gonna get on my app. And I'm gonna pull it up. And you can see the shares of Starbucks. I think they were maybe let's say they were a hundred dollars a share. I said, let's buy five shares of Starbucks. And we right there in that moment, we bought five shares of Starbucks. And I said, okay, now we're owners in Starbucks. I said, now that means that when Starbucks makes money, we're gonna make money. When the company grows, we're our wealth is gonna grow. So our wealth is now tied to Starbucks, right? And that was a very quick way to help her understand stock market investing in a way that she will never ever forget for the rest of her life. Right? So what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to pledge to me, all the parents in the room, give me a yes in the chat. If you will take the moment to grab your, take your child to any restaurant, McDonald's, Burger King. Uh, if you, if you're in a healthier food, maybe somewhere else, don't judge. I, I'm not judging. I don't care where you take your, your kid, but in that restaurant, of a publicly traded company, I want you to have that conversation with them, and right there in that line, I want you to buy uh, at least one share of stock in that company, or it, uh, maybe you can even do a fractional share. If your money's not, if your money's tight, that's okay. Your, your, your money may be tight, but your knowledge is right. So your wealth is in your brain; it's not always in your bank account, right? So, so don't think that this is something that only rich people can do. If you got it like that. Go hard, but if you don't, that's okay. You can buy fractional shares. If you get on the Cash App, for example, you can buy twenty dollars worth of Amazon. Amazon stock trades for three thousand dollars or whatever. You can buy twenty dollars worth of Amazon on your Cash App, right? We all know we can afford twenty bucks because you know that's what you spend when you go, you know, to Popeyes or whatever, right? Do that. Have that conversation with your kids, and let them watch you. Own the share and then impress that in their brain. Right. You're programming the kid. Right. So what you do is you kind of say, now we own a piece of this company. We are owners in McDonald's now. So now when your child sees that McDonald's is making money or their friends bring up McDonald's, your child will feel a sense of pride. Remember, this is all emotional. Again, this is all about programming that subconscious mind. Remember, I told you that uh, what, what Alicia taught me today about how the program the subconscious mind is programmed through either trauma, repetition, or symbolism, Well, you're giving them that repetition, you're having these conversations regularly, and then what's going to happen is you're going to watch. watch your kid just from that one little act and talking about what you just did. Your child is probably not going to want to grow up and do what all his friends are doing. They're going to see other ways to make money. And Lord knows if something crazy happens, like the stock just shoots through the roof and they see how much money was made without doing any work. They're going to say, wait, you mean I can make money without working? I think I'd like that better than making money by working because I grew up thinking that you had to work to make money. It wasn't until I got much older that I realized, wait a minute, the people that really make the big money are the people that don't even work for it. Right. And it's not it's not scammy. It's not that they're cheating. And I know people want to teach you that nonsense. But no, the one good thing about America, America is a capitalist society and it's not completely a democracy. There are a lot of things wrong with this system. But one thing I can say for sure that presents an opportunity to you is that ownership in corporate America is democratized. Anybody with ten dollars in their pocket right now can go own a piece of some of the biggest companies in America, you could do it right now during this conversation or right after we're done and, 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 and nobody's going to stop you. So let's get out of the nonsense and all the rhetoric. A lot of people do a whole lot more talking than actually doing. Uh, I'm not interested in the talkers. I want to be around the doers. Uh, And so I want you to be a doer. So thank you for giving me the yes and the pledge uh, that you're going to do this with your child. I'd like walking away from this conversation knowing that we made a difference and that there are thousands of you right now whose children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to have a whole different legacy just from that one little act. The fact that you've introduced your child to investing at an early age means they're going to teach things differently to their kids who will teach things differently to their kids. Changing cycles and generational curses does not take a lot of effort. Sometimes you can do it with one conversation and have an impact on your family for for the next 150 years. I kid you not. And I'm very passionate about this because I think about this all the time and I know that this is doable. So please do something. Act. Don't just talk. Let's get it done. All right, guys. I'm going to go. I hope that this was a helpful conversation. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, in case case you're interested, I I did a a special lecture series called The Economic Survival Plan, uh, which you can actually take a look at at economicsurvivalplan.com. That's right there on the screen, just a little offer in case you're interested. Uh, Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button on your way out. I appreciate you. It was great talking to you. Now I'm going to go enjoy my honeymoon, but I will be checking in periodically. Uh, The missus is is, is completely okay with me uh, pursuing my passion while I pursue my other passion, which is that beautiful, sexy black woman that's sitting across the room. So God bless you. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Please have a wonderful day. Love you. Peace.